You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? I'll just get out what I can get out, and then we'll hook back up when when I come back, because next Sunday, Brother Teddy will be here preaching Sunday morning, so I'm excited about that. Uh, Always good to have him. He's a great preacher. You don't want to miss next Sunday morning. but today, I've been just praying, asking the Lord what he would have me to share, what, what, what message he wants me to bring. I'm I, uh, not sure if this will be a series or not, or, or if it'll just be today, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I really feel that in the next couple of weeks, maybe, maybe after Teddy leaves or soon after, we're going to talk about honor. Honor, the honor of God and honor in general, honoring different, the anointing, honoring God, honoring ministers, honoring authority, all of these things that are so vital um, to, 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 you know, growing as a Christian. Uh, when I was in the men's home, John Bevere is someone we listen to a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with John Bevere, but he's got a series called Honors Rewards, and it really blessed me, really helped me, uh, and it's something that, that, that I carry, you know, that I that desire to even grow in, and so we'll be, we'll be teaching that in the weeks to come. Uh, but today, I really felt strong in my heart to talk about praise and, and the power of praise, the turnaround power of praise. I, I have a graphic in there I put in there uh, when you aren't looking, um, uh, Jackie, but the turnaround power of praise. Because a lot of times we look at praise as like, okay, well, we'll praise God. It's kind of like, like there's a minor thing. But man, praise uh, uh, unleashes mighty power. Mighty power. And, and I'm convinced most of us don't even tap into it. Most of us honestly don't even know it's available. Uh, and so I, I want to talk to you about that today. Um, I, I've heard Teddy talk about it, and man, he, he does a great job. But one of the persons that I've been listening to, David Oyedepo, I've mentioned him a lot. He, he's a pastor in Nigeria, one of the largest churches, you know, the largest church on planet Earth. And, and he, 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 um, he, he teaches along these lines, and he, he attributes praise to, uh, he attributes his success, just even what God has shown him to do, to praise, uh, the power of praise. Um, and so uh, Hebrews 13 15. I want to start by what praise is not. Uh, we'll start there, what praise is not. I'm going to read a little bit uh, to you an excerpt from Brother Hagen's book, Kenneth Hagen, his book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuit. This, is, this, this blessed me, uh, Hebrews 13, 15, a little bit of a, you know, if you feel like, well, uh, you'll see what I mean here in a minute, but Hebrews 13, 15, through him, let Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. So let me read. Pay attention here. I'm going to read a little excerpt from Brother Hagin. He was, I'll just read. I was in the spirit on the morning of July 16, and I saw Jesus. I saw him just as plainly as I could see you if you stood before me. Jesus said something that astounded me. He said, clapping, listen, clapping is neither praise nor worship. To clap is to applaud. Jesus said, clapping is applause. He said, it is neither praise nor worship. Well, if it isn't praise and it isn't worship, where does it fit in in our services? So he said, I got a little illustration that helped my understanding of clapping, and I want to share it with you. When a little boy receives a birthday present from his daddy, he may clap his hands and jump up and down, but he's not praising or worshiping his daddy. He's expressing his own excitement and rejoicing over what he has just received. In other words, he's, his clapping is only for his own benefit. It's an outworking of his emotions. 
in our services, we may clap sometimes just because we're excited or we're rejoicing, but that's not praising or worshiping God. In the visitation, Jesus discussed clapping with me from the scriptures. He said, there's not one scripture in the New Testament about clapping. The Bible says in Psalms 47.1, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It's the only time clapping before the Lord is mentioned, and that's in the Old Testament. There's not one single scripture, Jesus said to me, in the New Covenant about anyone clapping their hands. We do, however, have a New Testament scripture for lifting our hands in worship to the Lord. In fact, the only instruction we have in the New Testament about what to do with our hands is to lift them. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. It's 1 Timothy 2.8. You see the world claps or applauds, but you, see, but you do not see them lifting their hands to praise or celebrate. No, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to lift up holy hands to praise the Lord. The world claps, Jesus said to me, but saints praise. Now that doesn't mean clapping is wrong in and of itself. But we do need to distinguish between clapping, which is a natural expression of the world, and raising our hands, which is a scriptural expression of the realm to which we believers belong. We also need to identify when to clap and when to lift our hands in praise. Listen to this. Clapping at the wrong time can cause the anointing to lift from a service. Brother Hagin said, as a minister, I've been in the position of being the one used by God to speak forth in prophecy or interpretation of tongues, when right in the middle of the prophecy, everyone will start clapping. He said, unless I'm very careful, I can lose the anointing because the clapping distracts me, making it difficult to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Even if the anointing does not lift and I continue to speak, no one can hear what is being said. If it's not for the people to hear... Why would the Holy Spirit move upon me to speak? Even during our worship, clapping is often done at inappropriate times. Thank you, Joe. It causes the anointing to lift, to, to lift and destroys the sweet closeness of His presence that we all sense. Friends, when we are praising the Lord, He is present. In the last paragraph, he says, for a long time in charismatic circles, we have had the habit of clapping after every song we sing during a time of praise and worship. Possibly this has occurred because people have felt a need to respond in some way, but haven't known exactly how to respond. However, clapping after every song disrupts the flow of worship. It takes our attention off the Lord. How much better it would be to lift our hands in worship and speak forth our thanksgiving and adoration to him who first loved us. And so, I like what he said when, when he'd be prophesying and people would be clapping and, 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 and it would drown him out. There are times where I'll be praying or speaking things to the Lord and people will go higher than me. And it does two things. It distracts me trying to hear what God wants to flow through me and then it, and it, it drowns me out and someone back there needs to hear what God is saying through me and they can't because people, ah, scream. I'm not, you know, uh, going higher than me. You see what I'm saying? And so it's important to know when to do that and when not to do that. 
uh, you know, especially when prophecy is flowing. We need to be in tune, and, and obviously this is a, a rowdy church, and we, we enjoy and I don't want to quench that, and uh, wildfire is better than no fire, and, and, and any day of the week I'd rather have to, you know, just kind of corral a little bit, make sure we're, we're on the right track, and this is one of those, because we desire a move of God in this place. And, and so we don't want to drown out anything God is doing in this place. Uh, Brother Hagen would say that that clapping, clapping would, would, would diminish the anointing, right? And we don't want to diminish the anointing. And I've noticed that, that he's exactly right. He's exactly right. And you'll notice when I come up here, I'll often say, lifting holy hands unto heaven, giving him a sacrifice of praise. You'll hear me say, I've been doing that intentionally to train and to, and to develop a culture of lifting up our hands and to giving, giving, giving him the sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice, why? Because sometimes we don't feel like doing it. It's a sacrifice. Sometimes our flesh, we don't want to open up our mouths. It's easy to just go like this. You know, and we're doing something, so, no, you know, it's a, and so you're just kind of going with the flow. No, it takes effort to lift your hands and to, and to thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you, Jesus. Oh, you've been so good to me, Father. Thank you. We praise you, Lord. That, 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 that takes effort, right? That, that takes, uh, sometimes it's a sacrifice. That's exactly what it is. Uh, and, and it's a putting down of our flesh. Uh, and, and so we want the highest form of the anointing in these services. We're after, we're after some things in this church that, that it's going to take us adjusting and it's going to take us learning and, and, and growing as we flow in these things. Uh, and so l- let's get in the habit of lifting our hands during worship, right? Let's get in the habit of opening up our mouths and, and blessing the Lord with our mouths uh, instead of just going like this. You know, and, and clapping is an outward experience of what God has done for us. And, and so sometimes, man, praise God, God just bless me. Amen. God bless me. Praise the Lord. God just bless him. Let's rejoice with Brother Joe. We're rejoicing with them. We're not praising God. It's different. That's where clapping would be acceptable. It's not acceptable according to this and what we're talking about when we're praising him and worshiping him. So two different things. We're not saying we're never going to clap in this church or, or, or you know, uh, but, but, but during a time of worship. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? A time where we're lifting up our hands. That needs to be the default response. When we say, pray, let's praise the Lord. It's not... Well, let's praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. That, that needs to be the default response. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 15. I read it before, but write this down if you're taking notes. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. Praise is the highest form of your faith. The highest form of your faith. It's, it's saying, I believe God. I'm opening up my mouth and I'm, and I'm praising him because he is faithful. He comes through. He is who he says he is. Amen. That's what you're doing when you're praising him. You're saying, God, I believe you. Yes, you are good and your mercy endures forever. That's one of the, the best phrases you can use. If you don't know what to say, just say that. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Come on, let's say it together. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. One more time. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. You, you would notice Brother Hagin would say that. And the anointing would start to, it would start to increase. And I'm not, I wasn't even in the service. I could just watch the services. And I could see the anointing start to rise. As he would say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Man, you're calling upon God's goodness and his faithfulness. Man, there's nothing better. There's not, those are two of the main characteristics of God. He's a faithful God, and, and he, his, he is a merciful God. 
My God. You know, Sarah, uh, in Hebrews 11, the Bible says that Sarah inherited the promise because what? She counted God faithful. So when you open up your mouth and you're believing God for some things, man, man, it's so important to just say, God, you are faithful. Oh, God, you are faithful. And Sarah was way beyond the years of having children. Her situation was impossible. But because she started to open up my mouth and say, well, God, you are faithful. She had to, she had to demonstrate that. She couldn't just, it wasn't, you, God is faithful. You have, to, you have to express that. That has to come out of your mouth, right? There's no such thing as, 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 as uh, unexpressed thanks. You have, to, you have to express it, right? Same thing with God. He, you have to open up your mouth. It is so, you get saved by what? Believing in your heart and opening up your mouth. It is so important to open up your mouth. So when you, God, you're faithful. You're going through a situation that looks absolutely impossible. You just start opening up your mouth. God, you're faithful. Oh, you're faithful. Just like Sarah received the promise, I'll receive the promise because I'm counting you faithful. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Oh, Father, yes, I messed up yesterday. But, Father, thank you for your mercy. I repent. Oh, I will not allow condemnation to come upon me. Ah, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Come on, I'm giving you a glimpse into what I do. I'm giving you a glimpse into how I act when things, uh, when I'm battling. You don't battle with your mouth shut as a Christian. You battle with your mouth. That, that, man, that, you have to open up your mouth. Paul and Silas, when they were in the jail, they had them bound. The problem is they didn't bound their mouths. If they would have shut the, the Paul and Silas's mouth, they would have been stuck. It would have been over. But be, because the Bible says they were able to pray and start to sing and praise God, that's what made things happen. That's when the, 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 whole, the, whole, the whole jail started to shake, amen, and everything that had them bound was loosed. Because they opened up their mouth. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that they had been beaten. So they were sitting in there. They had been whipped and beaten. So you could easily just picture, oh, well, this is, uh, I ain't serving God no more. I'm beat. Uh, but no, they said, you know what? God is faithful. Oh, God, you're so good. Oh, Father, you are wonderful. Thank you, Father. You've been so good. After you just got beaten. But that's what caused, that's what caused God, God's mighty power to reach down and to liberate them. And, and one of my favorite parts of the story is, man, they weren't the only ones that were liberated. The Bible says that all the doors in the jail flew open. Everybody in that jail went free. What does that tell me? I can praise for my brother. Come on, I can praise for my spouse. I can praise for their freedom. I can open up my mouth. Oh, thank you that, that my, my cousin serves you and he's on fire for your word. I thank you that he's free. Oh, I praise you for his salvation. I thank you that you're moving on his behalf. Amen. You have scripture for that. Come on, you need to look a lot happier than what you look right now. Amen. You can praise your family free. Oh, glory to God. You can praise your family free. Hallelujah. It's powerful. This isn't just, well, praise the Lord. No, there is mighty power in praise. Mighty turnaround power. I mean, things look one way at one minute and look a whole other way another minute because you open up your mouth and start to magnify the living God. Amen. Amen. This is serious stuff. This is potent stuff right here. Come on, this isn't just, well, Lord, oh, thank you, Lord. No, no, man, I'm telling you, man, if you'll get in there, things will start to shake. Amen. And with, with prayer, you can miss with prayer. You know that? You can, you can pray and miss because you don't know how to pray or you're still learning how to pray or you're not praying in faith. That's why you need to get to prayer school. But you can pray and miss, but you can't praise and miss. You cannot praise him. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. When you start to praise God, God's too big to miss. You start to praise him, come on, he comes right into your situation, inhabits your situation, start to make things right, clean things up, make crooked places straight. Amen. That's the power of God to do in your life when you start to magnify him. Praise the Lord. 
Prayer is great. I ain't, listen, we pray around here. Don't, get, don't misunderstand me. But when you don't know what to do and you don't pray and things don't look like they're moving, man, it's time to praise. Hallelujah. Come on, it's time to get your dancing shoes on. It's time to get, come on, so it's time to get your, get, get, get your throat working. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. He's good and his mercy endures forever. Come on, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, you're making things right right now. Oh, you're opening up doors right now. Oh, you're so faithful, Father. You're turning around situations. Oh, I thank you, Father. Oh, yes. Free, free indeed. Yes. Oh, yes. He's free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Father. We magnify your name. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Yes. Yes, you're good and your mercy endures forever. Oh, you're turning it around. Oh, you're turning it around. Yes. <laughs> Glory! Hallelujah! Yes! Freedom! Glory! If you'll praise, I'm telling you, man, if you'll praise for your loved ones, you'll start to see some changes. Not, I didn't say nag, I said praise. Come on. Not nag your loved ones, I said praise for your loved ones. Nagging don't work. Brother Hagin said, man, he, he nagged at not one, not one, not one of his loved ones. That he go, you need to do this, you need to do that, you, you, no good, you, no. none of that. He just said, I opened up my mouth, I praised, and I did what the Bible said. The Bible says, sent, pray that laborers would be sent forth into the harvest field, right? That's how you pray for your loved ones. And I had a vision when we were in the old building that I looked up and saw you, looked back down, looked back up, and your family members were sitting with you. Amen. And we're starting to see it, praise the Lord. We're starting to see one by one family members coming into the church, into the kingdom of God, spouses, children, wives. We're seeing it. And it's, and it's, it's just the beginning. I'm telling you right now. I declare your family will serve God. Your family will fulfill the call of God upon their lives in the name of Jesus. I don't care what it looks like. I, I, I was a drug addict, full-blown, overdosing. I'm telling you right now, if my life can change, your cousin's life, your marriage, can change your husband can change your wife can change amen your son can change your daughter can change it does not matter that the power of God can reach down and change that situation like this like this the Bible's full of and then suddenly one minute you be going this way next minute you heading that way amen come on I'm telling you, when they heard about me, so my family was like, Joseph serving God? Oh, my goodness. Uh, last time you told me, he was, he was locked up, and he was stealing, and, and he was doing this. How the heck did that happen? The power of God. Amen. Somebody opened up their mouth and started praising and praying for me. Didn't let me go. Amen. Praise God. They didn't let me go. <laughs> I'm so grateful. They didn't let me go. Oh, I'm so grateful they didn't let me go. Do not let go of your family members. Do not let go. Praise them into the kingdom. Glory to God. 
David Oyedepo, largest church on planet earth. Brother Copeland said he went out there and, and, and he was walking around with them and he said, yep, we just built this for about 20 something million, fully paid for. He goes, second phase, we're getting ready to build. It's all in the bank. He said, how are you doing? He goes, oh, we just praised the money in. <laughs> he said, we just praised. Well, man, well, I haven't seen anything. He said, well, we just praise until it comes. We just don't, we don't stop praising until it comes. Amen. A lot of you praise on Monday, nothing happens on Tuesday, and you just stop. You just praise until it happens. Praise until it manifests. Amen. Praise until it turns. Praise until things shift. Amen. Don't throw in the towel. Just keep praising. Amen. This, is, this works. This isn't some spooky spell or some, it may work, it may not work. It works every time. Every single time this works. The man who's willing to stand forever don't stand long. Come on. People, well, I'm, you know, I would do this for a week and see what happens. No, I'll do this until it happens, period. And how I many know it happens real quick? It don't take long when you make up your mind that, man, I'm, I'm staying the course. I'm staying the course. I'm, I ain't moving from what I know to do. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, do not get weary in well-doing, for in due season you might reap. <laughs> you shall reap. Amen. You shall, you shall, you shall. I said you shall reap in the name of Jesus. Amen. You shall. God said he will. Yes, he will turn your situation around. Yes, he will. Man, I'm telling you, some of you have this much faith in God's power. Come on, expand. Expand your faith and your, and your, and your trust in him. He'll only do what you allow him to do. Well, I'm not sure. I, I, we'll see, you know, maybe uh, uh, it might happen. Uh, no, it will happen. God is faithful. Every single time, he'll come down and rescue you. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he shall deliver you from them all. Amen. Every single one of them. Man, come on, come on, church. Some of you, some of you need to, to come up, build your faith in this area. Some of you have been going through some afflictions, but I'm telling you right now, if you'll learn to praise and open up your mouth, he'll, sh- he'll deliver you every single time the enemy rears its ugly head. The power of God will come just bop and whack him right in the head. Amen. Come on. Like, like that whack-a-mole game. You know what I'm talking about? Boop, 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 boop. Anytime the devil rears its ugly head in your life, come on, the power of God just smash that devil's head. Amen. Amen. I'm not just trying to hype you here. This is, this, if you'll do this, I'm telling you. I'm telling you things will start to shift in your life. Amen. Come on. Amen. Praise the Lord. Crooked places straight. I love that. God said it'll make crooked places straight. You know why? Because even in a car, if I come around a crooked bend, I have to slow down. I lose momentum. And same thing in life. When you come across a crooked path in your, in your life, you now have to slow down. Momentum is lost. You have to take your time. God's not interested in you slowing down. Come on. God is interested in you moving fast. Amen. He's interested in you speeding along the plan of God for your life. So he said, I'll make crooked places straight for you. Well, you ain't have to slow down, lose momentum. Come on, this church will never lose momentum in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise the Lord. Your life will never lose momentum. None of this going up and down, up and down like a yo-yo. No, no, no. It's scriptural for you to be challenged. It's unscriptural for you to be defeated. Come on. Say amen to that. Amen. It's unscriptural for you to be defeated. Come on. The victory is yours. Come on, praise God. You're not fighting for it. You're fighting from a position of victory. Greater is he that is in you that's greater than anything else in this world. You have resurrection power on the inside of you. You have the name of Jesus. You've been given authority to trample over every devil, every serpent. Come on, amen. Praise God. Somebody need to hear this this morning. No, no longer will you, will you continue to be defeated and beat up. No longer. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you, man, some of you just need to open up your mouth right now and just start praising God. Come on, open up your mouth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Yes, you're making crooked places straight. Oh, you're leveling the mountains. Oh, yes. Glory. Hallelujah. Do you know that the number one prescribed prescription in America is antidepressants? One in four, 25% of the population are on medication for depression. That should not be. Christians, that should not be. Well, it's a chemical imbalance. Baloney, there's an anointing for that. Come on, I'm telling you right now, there's an anointing for that. Come on. And the Bible says that the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Oh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Heaviness, I feel just down and depressed. That's a spirit, the spirit of heaviness. And so the answer is the garment of praise. A garment is a metaphor for you wearing this, a lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. It's not, well, I tried this. It's a lifestyle. There have been points right now I couldn't get depressed if I tried. I could not get depressed if I tried because I just made up my mind. I'm going to praise. I'd just be at home praise. I'd be crying, thinking about the Lord's goodness and his faithfulness, how faithful he's been to me, where he's taken me from, where he's taken me to. Oh, man, praise God. And, and man, it's just, I live in that atmosphere. So I, depression can't even, I mean, I, I've got to think, well, when was the last time I've been depressed? I don't even know. And I've been on medication beyond what you ever, I'm telling you, medication to, to get up, medication to stay up, medication to stay focused, medication to go to sleep, medication you know, for everything. I mean, I had a whole, a whole goodie bag of pills at one point in my life. Oh, this don't work. Try this one. I've been on four or five antidepressants from Prozac to Cymbalta to this one to that one. You have bipolar. You have chemical imbalance. I mean, baloney, man. Once I encountered the anointing, that stuff went boof. See ya. Amen. Once I encountered the power of God, that stuff just, man, that melted off of me. I thought I'd never sleep a day in my life without a pill. I, I was resigned to thinking, never, uh, no way. If I don't take that pill, Ambien. If I don't take Ambien, I ain't never sleeping. I don't, before that, it was if I don't smoke weed, I ain't never sleeping. And then moved on to, 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 to medication. But, man, I haven't taken a pill to sleep, and I don't know how long. <laughs> I sleep so good without any medication. I wake up refreshed. I'm ready to go. I don't need medic. No, come on, amen. There's an anointing for that. And so uh, uh, Isaiah 61.3, if you're taking notes, Isaiah 61.3 says, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they shall be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, the garment of praise. Man, I'm telling you, it repels depression. I mean, it, it, it has no way to even try to latch itself onto you when you make this your lifestyle. Too many people, man, you can't fulfill the God, uh, call of God with a spirit of heaviness. You'll struggle. Uh, I'm not saying you can't serve God, but if you're looking to fulfill the call of God upon your life, to go where God intends for you to go, you're going to have to learn to praise. <laughs> you're going to have to learn to praise. Uh, because Paul, but Paul, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy, it says that uh, he, he said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. But, but how does he say that? Because in 2 Corinthians, write this down, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, a little teaching here, chapter 11, verse 24 to 33, 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 33. 
The Bible says, Paul, Paul, this is Paul writing, he says, five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have constant, I'm constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. If I boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness, that the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. Verse 32, in Damascus, the governor under King Aratus had the city of Damascus guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered in a basket from a window in a wall and slipped through his hands. So how, does Paul, how did Paul finish his race and had gone through all that? He made it all the way through, and he, he faced so much. It, some of us would have faced one of these things. We would have quit and said, I ain't doing this no more. Serving God's too hard. I can't believe this happened. But the Bible says in Philippians that he taught them to rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> he taught them. He said, again, I will rejoice. He said, let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So he's decided, he, he's teaching the churches to rejoice, to, to, to give thanksgiving. You're not going to make it through. You're not going to win your race. You're not going to make it to the end if you don't learn to rejoice, if you don't learn to praise, no matter what happens in your life. No matter what you're facing, no matter what comes, if you're shipwrecked, if you're whipped, if you're hungry, if you're tired, no matter what. If you're looking to make it to the end and say, well, and be said of you that this person made it all the way through, has kept the faith, you're going to learn. You're going to need to learn to rejoice. Amen. You're going to have to. It's going to have to, it has to be something you develop and you have to live your life this way. Come what may, I'm going to rejoice. Not rejoice at the problem, rejoice in God's faithfulness to take care of this problem. Amen. That, that's what you're doing. You, you're calling upon the power of God to, to intervene on your behalf no matter what is happening. That's the only way you're going to make it. It's the only way because there is affliction that comes. There is things that, that present themselves as challenges because we have an enemy. The Bible says the devil comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're going to be victorious against the enemy, uh, against the devil, you're going to have to learn to rejoice for your own sanity. Uh, you, you call upon God's faithfulness when you do that, but also for your own sanity. For your own sanity. But otherwise, oh, man, I can't believe that happened. Depression hits. Oh, I can't believe that happened. Anxiety hits. And then, man, it's a, whole, it's a trap to keep you stuck year after year so that you're spinning your wheels and nothing's happening. But I declare no longer shall you spin your wheels and nothing happen. I declare you're done going around the same mountain year after year. I declare new territory, places you've never been before. You have not been there way before, says the Lord. And I believe that it is coming, coming quickly. The Bible says uh, blessings, like blessings pouring off the mountains, wine like pouring off the mountains. One thing fast on the heels of another. One thing fast on the heels of another. Things will happen so fast, your head will swim in Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout aloud, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
James chapter 1, real quick, James chapter 1, verse 2 and 8. This is important. I want to just touch on this before I close. My brethren, count it all joy. Say all joy. James chapter 2, James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If you want to get to a place where you're lacking nothing, you're going you're gonna to need to learn to rejoice when you, when you face trials and tribulations. You're gonna, you need to learn, just open up your mouth. Thank you, Father. You're faithful. I can handle this. Come on, there's nothing, there's nothing the devil can throw at you that you can't handle. Come on, amen. Start to see yourself that way. Nothing. Devil, you can throw your best shot. Come on, hey, hey, I, I, I'll be standing here. Nothing can take me out because of the power of God that's on the inside of me. You can give me your best shot. I ain't going nowhere, devil. My faith is in Almighty God. Amen. You got to see yourself as one he cannot take out. Come on, you got the shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. He can shoot all his fiery darts. But if you'll learn to lift up the shield of faith. Come on, amen. It'll protect you. Glory to God. Man, we, man, we, got, some, we got a good package, don't we? God has been so good to us, man. He, man, he blessed us. He didn't just say, well, if you have faith in my son Jesus, you'll go to heaven. But you just got to hang on until, until you go to heaven. You just got the bumpy road. No, he gave us weapons here on this earth to live victorious here on this earth, to live well on this earth, to have dominion here on this earth. You're not called to compete. You're called to dominate. Amen. Dominate every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, every situation that comes your way way that anti-covenant you have the ability to dominate in that situation amen come on say amen to that come on you you can dominate these situations i pass i don't know what to do if you'll open up your mouth start to rejoice call upon god's faithfulness lift the shield of faith amen come on the sword of the spirit you be the problem is just like when I was in the Marine Corps, they gave me an M16, but they didn't just give it to me and say, have fun. They trained me. They trained me to sight in. They trained me to reload it, to clean it. A lot of Christians have weapons, but they ain't never been trained. They, they, don't, they don't know how to use them. They don't know what's going on. They, don't, they just get ran all over by the enemy and think that's how it's supposed to be. You struggle because of spiritual ignorance. You have no clue what the Bible has to say about certain situations. It ain't going to be so here, life in Christ. You ain't going to be coming to this church year after year and be in the same place. Not happening <laughs> in the name of Jesus. It ain't happening. Man, it ain't happening. I refuse to have a church where people come year after year in the same things and want to change. Amen. It ain't happening. All right, I'll close with this. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Starting in verse 1, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites and the Mennonites. No, not the Mennonites. <laughs> came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Verse 2, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria and and they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gedi, verse 3, and Jehoshaphat, sorry, my eyes, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea, verse 4. So 
uh, Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So an army's coming, right, uh, an invading force. Go down to verse 12. Oh God, will you not judge them, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Have you ever felt that you're so overwhelmed that you don't know what to do, and you have no power of, of what you're facing, over what you're facing? Have you ever been there before? It just seemed too, too large. Like, defeat is imminent, it's secure, you don't know what you're going to do, and it looks like you're toast right? That's what, that's what they're facing right here. It says, for we do not want, know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. It's a good, good place to be. When you don't know what to do, put your eyes upon the Lord. Verse 13, now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Verse 14, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, and the son of Benign, the son of Jeho, the son of Matani, the uh, Levite of the son of Ash, in the midst of the assembly, verse 15, and he said, listen, all of you, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Ooh, man, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. I'm going to stop there. You see how many times he said, do not fear, do not fear, right? Because fear will literally put down the walls of protection in your life. It literally will attract the very thing that you're fearing. You see that in, 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 uh, in, in, uh, in Joshua, when Moses died, Joshua takes over three times. He gets told, do not fear, be strong in the Lord, do not fear, be strong in the Lord, do not fear, because fear has the potential to derail you in a big way. God wants to do something, he wants to protect you and keep you, but if you'll fear, you'll literally destroy what God is wanting to do. Amen. Fear is very dangerous. Uh, where was I? Uh, okay, verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohitites and the children of the Koronites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with, the vo with voices loud and on high. Verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tico, and as they went, out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sh should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22, now when they had begun to sing and to praise, who, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the people of Ammon. I declare as you begin to praise and to shout, the Lord is sending ambushments against what ails you, against your enemies in the name of Jesus. Woo yes, thank you, Father, sending ambushments, yes. Praise the Lord. And Mount Sir, and it came against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sinai to utterly kill and destroy them. And they that had made an end of the inhabitants of Sir, they helped to destroy one another. Verse 24. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and they were 
they were all dead bodies falling to the earth. Not one had escaped. Not one problem will escape in your life when you start to praise. Not one problem will be lingering. Not one problem will be left standing. If you'll learn to sing and to praise, to open up your mouth, it's not just a one. Everything that ails you will start to just, whoo, ambushments will be sent against what is causing you to stay stuck in the name of Jesus. Come on, if that's you, shout a loud amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do right now, what we're going to do right now, we're going to take 30 good seconds and we're going to praise. But before that, I want to just remind you that, that, that praise is good to pray. You know, a lot of times we praise for what has happened, but you can also praise to make things happen. Right? Don't just get in the habit of praising because God has done wonderful things. Get in the habit of using praise as a weapon to make things happen, to set ambushments against your enemies. I don't mean your neighbor. Come on. I don't, I don't, enemies are things that are coming against your life, right, that, that are anti-covenant. The devil, that's what I'm talking about. You're not trying to send ambushments against your, your, your landlord or your boss or some of you, your husbands and wives. That's not what I'm talking about. And, and you don't just praise one time. You praise as a lifestyle and you praise until you see change. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on. You praise until you see change. Um, Brother Hagin said this, and, and then we'll praise. Brother Hagin said, if you will praise God long enough, the spirit of worship will come. Then the glory falls, and that's where mighty miracles take place. I'm going to say it again. If you will praise God long enough, the spirit of worship will come. Then the glory falls, and that's where mighty miracles take place. I don't know about you, but I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to praise long and I've ever praised. It, it, this is what I'm going to be doing more than anything else. And, and, and you, I pray. We love to pray. But, man, praising God is so important. Don't look at it as something we just do on Sunday morning. Look at it as a weapon that you can use, man, to see victory in your life like you've never seen before. Amen? Did you get something out of that this morning? Amen. We'll stand to your feet. We're going to take 30 good seconds to praise God. And I believe things will shift even right here. Right here, I believe healings will take place. Things that have been lingering in your life that you have struggled to get rid of will, will, will linger no longer as you open up your mouth. Let's just take 30 good seconds right now. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Oh, we magnify you, Father. Bless your name. Yes, you're turning it around. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, you've been so good, Father. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Yes, glory. Woo, you're turning it around. Yes, you are. Oh, yes, you're turning it around. Thank you, Father. Oh, we praise it in. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Oh, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Yes, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory. Praise you, Lord. 
Glory. Hallelujah. Woo! Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Woo! Hallelujah. You're turning it around. Praise you, Father. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, so green. Uh, there we go. So I had a, a, a couple days ago. I had a pain that um, I don't know. I must have slept on my slept on my arm wrong or something. And yet, like no lie, yesterday I couldn't I couldn't go like this. I couldn't touch my head. And I realized today. I mean, throughout the course of the service, like even I, through praise and worship, like I forgot about it. Wow. And like I mean, like Come the pain on. is completely what? gone. Like Hallelujah. that's what happens. Come on, when amen. We <laughs> Come on. You forget about what was ailing you, and the next thing you know. I mean, wow. <laughs> Glory to God. Yes. I'm telling you, she she was hurting yesterday. Just you could see it all over her face. Just that she just couldn't move it. Yeah, she had a lot of pain yesterday. I remember. We pray. praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. If you would, every every head bowed, every eye closed. I never like to end a service without giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Oftentimes we think that we need to clean ourselves up, that we need to get free or make things right in our lives before we come to God. But really God is saying, come to me as you are. His arms are open wide. He loves you. He cares for you. There is a real heaven and there's also a real hell. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved that's the only way to go to heaven coming in the church is good praying is good being a good person is good but none of that gets you into heaven it's accepting Jesus into your heart and confessing him openly and publicly and so if you've never done that or if you're not sure if you're not a hundred percent sure that heaven would be your eternal home if something were to happen to you then today is your day to know that heaven would be your eternal home. You're not promised tomorrow. You could lay your head on a pillow tonight and your life may be required of you. This may be your last chance. Things happen. We've been in services. I know people where they leave and they get in an accident and they're done. Stuff happens. But today God is giving you an opportunity to make things right with him. Don't let anything stop you. It doesn't matter who brought you, what they're going to think of you. What you it doesn't not matter. This is between you and God. It's a serious moment. If you mean business with him, he means business with you. does not matter what you've done, how big of a sin you think you've committed. God is merciful. This could be a fresh start. This will be a fresh start for you. So you say, Pastor, yep, I want to pray. I want to be sure that heaven will be my eternal home. I want to make things right. I want to serve God all the days of my life. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. Maybe you prayed that prayer, but maybe you've backslidden or you, you don't have that intimate relationship that you once had with the Lord and you want to recommit your life or rededicate your life to God. On the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand real high. If you fall into any one of those two categories, on the count of three, one, two, three. Anybody say, Pastor, pray with me. 
I want to be sure. I don't want to rush this. If you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, don't let anything stop you from lifting up your hand. Lift your hand real high so I can see it. For the sake of those watching online, we're going to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I repent of all my sin. I give you my life. Do something with it. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. That you're the only way to heaven. Deliver me. I desire to fulfill the call of God on my life. Help me. Strengthen me. Edify me. Surround me with good people. Help me to find a good church. Well, they will teach me and propel me into my destiny. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands. I pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray a blessing over everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray, Father, that this week it would be surrounded with your presence. This week would be surrounded with your love. Lord, as they study, I pray a spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon each and every one, that they would understand what they've never understood, that they would go further in the spirit than they've ever gone. Jesus, become so real to them this week. And I declare the angels of God encamped round about you, protecting you everywhere you go. And no plague shall come near your dwelling. No plague shall come near your house. No corona, delta, no variant. None of that shall come near your home. It may happen to the left. It may happen to the right. But it shall not happen to you. I declare this will be the best week you've ever had. Loaded with the goodness of God. Oh, I thank you, Father, that you'll keep and preserve each and every life here. And everyone will be back next week. Not one life will be cut short. Every one of you, under the sound of my voice, will fulfill your call and your destiny. And the number of days on earth shall be fulfilled. It shall not be aborted or cut short. And I thank you, Father, that your mercy, your mercy endures forever. Your mercy hovers over them. You're not mad at anybody here, Father. You love and care for them and desire a relationship with them. So, Father, draw those that are in here, Father, that have maybe been a little far from you. Draw them in with your goodness. The Bible says the goodness of God leads a man to repentance. Shower them with your goodness. Let them know, Father, how much you desire an intimate relationship with them. So I thank you, Father, for every person here that has heard your word, and they'll be doers of it, and they'll see results in their lives, and see fruit and advance in the plan of God for their lives. If you believe that, shout aloud, amen, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.